Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I am Dave Gasper, joined as always by Matt Carroll. We are the editors at ReviewingTheBrew.com, your source for everything that you need. Milwaukee Brewers, and here on the Cold Brew Podcast, we got a lot to talk about. We missed last week, had such scheduling snafus and issues uh, going on, and now that we're in uh, September, Matt's got a job over there, and I've got... Uh, just kind of a billion things going at once. So apologies for uh, for missing the podcast last week, but we are back on it. We are here, and Matt, we got a lot to talk about. We do. We are smack dab in the middle of Craig Timber. The Brewers are playing like a classic Craig Timber right now, and that magic number just keeps getting smaller and smaller, getting smaller. and smaller, and the division lead gets well, just a little bit bigger, but things are trending in the right direction. They are. They are. So as we're recording this on, on Thursday night, and as you're going to be hearing this on, on Friday um, when, when this podcast goes up, the Brewers currently sit four and a half games up in the NL Central over the Chicago Cubs. Uh, the magic number to clinch the division is at 12. So any combination of 12 Brewers wins or Cubs Cubs losses the rest of the way will result in the Milwaukee Brewers winning the NL Central. So plenty of games to make that happen. Um, the Reds have completely fallen by the wayside. They are seven games back. They are fighting for the wild card spots uh, right now. The Pirates are all the way out of it. And Matt, just today, just with the Brewers win on Thursday, the St. Louis Cardinals have officially been mathematically eliminated from the from the NL Central playoff race. The Cardinals are done. It couldn't have happened to a better team. It could not have. The uh, Cardinal Devil Magic is not coming back. There's no miracle comeback. Before there was, I suppose, a mathematical chance of of a miracle comeback for the Cardinals, but it's not happening. There is no devil magic this year. It's over. It'll feel even better when they're officially eliminated from all playoff hopes. They're technically, their elimination number is six games right now uh, for the third and final wild card spot. Once they're gone from that, then the sigh of relief will be complete because there's no chance that they can sneak in as a wild card and somehow come back and ruin the Brewers' hopes because you just know that would be something that in other seasons would happen. But nope. That's we are close to that having zero chance as well, because that is there's only one team that's been eliminated fully from the playoffs in the National League. And that's the Colorado Rockies right now, who just won a series against the Cubs, by the way. So it can happen to anyone. Yeah. Thank Uh, you, Rockies. Yes. Thank you, indeed. Um, But right above them is the Nationals next to go down and be eliminated. And then it's the Cardinals. Third worst team in the National League right now. That's just. <laughs> uh, it's so fun to say, isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, oh, I just, I just love it. Uh, it's, it's music to my ears. It really is. Uh, just, just the same as Milwaukee Brewers being in first place. They are currently 82 and 64. Uh, so Matt, they, the Brewers have also clinched a above 500 season uh, as well. So even, even if the Brewers lose every single game the rest of the way, which is. Uh, knock on wood, uh, unlikely. 
Uh, they are still going to end up with an above 500 record. And the good thing, Matt, is that, I mean, I, I just kind of noticed this because I'm looking at the standings and I, I just saw the 82 number. But in previous years, I mean, it, oh, not too long ago, just securing a 500 record or better was like the benchmark for Brewers success. It's like, oh, my God, we're a 500 team. We're, we're above 500. This is great. This is amazing. Like, like that was what we celebrated back then. And and now it, it's not. It's just kind of, oh, okay, we got we got 82 wins. Cool. And the big reason for that turnaround is David Stearns. Mm-hmm. And the beginning of the David Stearns era, when when he came in in, in 2015 and, and just turned this franchise around and four playoff appearances in four years, when the Brewers had four playoff appearances in the previous 48 years combined, uh, it, it was a massive turnaround. And I'm bringing up Stearns now because David Stearns is now leaving. We knew this was going to happen. The news broke earlier this week. David Stearns has signed to be the next president of baseball operations for the New York Mets. Uh, again, this was expected. The, the Mets have been after him for three or four years now. Yeah. And it's, it, it, it was a fait accompli, it, it seems like. And and now that his contract was up, he was free to talk to teams beginning on August 1st. And as soon as as soon as August 1st hit, as soon as he was able to talk to other teams, I'm sure the New York Mets called him. Steve Cohen called him and be like, hey, how you doing, Steve? Or, or how you doing, David? Steve Cohen. Like, you just knew that that was going to be the case. And, and now it's, it's officially done. And, and David Stearns, once the regular season is over, he will officially be the president of baseball operations in New York. Matt, how would you describe, how would you best sum up the David Stearns era in, in Milwaukee and what it means? Oh, I mean, it's it's the golden era of the franchise. I mean, easily. You had, yes, you had the the 1980s teams. You had the, the one Brewers team that went to the World Series in 1982. Um, but you didn't have as much sustained success in any similar time period as you've had from, you know, basically a couple years into the David Stearns era up until now. Like this is like it, it, we're in the middle of the golden era of the Brewers franchise. And David Stearns really is what you had the beginning of it, you know, a little bit of it in 2008, you had a little bit of it in 2011. Sure. Um, but you, it, it didn't, it didn't last as long as it's lasting now. So he has brought us to where we are. And now, you know, it, it, I I know fans sometimes have a little bit of a, you know, chicken little view on things every once in a while when things go wrong. And, you know, it's because of the previous several seasons, it's easy to kind of sink back into that mode, but really overall, this is a fan base now that expects success like that's that's kind of where we are right now and that's that's a nice place mm-hmm. to be and you know it, it in a 50-year franchise history the brewers are you know it was four seasons of playoffs in a row last year as disappointing as it ended it was still a winning team 2017 was a you know was a winning team so like even if you take just the playoff years out of it that's still a pretty long run of success for the brewers that doesn't look to be going downhill anytime soon with kind of what's in the pipeline so 
Yeah, if I were to describe the Stearns era as anything, I'd describe it as the golden era of the Brewers franchise. Yeah, absolutely. And I think for me, the the description I would use is the big step forward. That mm-hmm. I, I think that's what we can long term look back on on this Stearns era as because you know as as much as as you're right, there is that chicken little view from uh, Brewers fans every, every once in a while. You know what Stearns did. Um, you know, he had a lot of goals he set out to accomplish and he accomplished most of them, but he also did end up falling short of that World Series. And, and, and that's what the goal has been, getting back to the World Series and winning a World Series and proving that proving that it can be done in Milwaukee. And David Stearns did not accomplish that. I know he wanted mm-hmm. to before he left uh, because, you know, it seemed like this was uh, going to be happening for a while that Stearns was going to let his contract run out and then the New York Mets were going to to take him because really who can turn down the opportunity to be the GM of your, of your childhood team? You know, if any of us, no matter what we were doing, no matter who we were the GM of, if the Milwaukee Brewers came calling like, Hey, we want you to, to run our team instantly. We'd all be like, yes, I, I'd want to go run the Brewers. I'd, I'd want to be that guy. So David Stearns, you know, as soon as that kind of got put in place, you know, it, it seemed like that that's where it was going. And before he left, he wanted to get that done. And the, the teams just weren't able to do it. And some may look at it as like, OK, you had, you know, the, the one series win, the, the one postseason series win in 2018, fell short in the NLCS, lost in the wild card game in 2019, lost in the first round 2020, lost in the first round 2021. You know, like, like, yeah, they didn't have the long-term success in, in October, but what he did do was prove that you can build a consistent, winning, productive ball club in a small market with limited resources. Because that's something that hadn't been done. He wanted to prove that you didn't have to have the the building cycles and, and the competitive cycles and then the and then the teardown and the rebuild. You know, the up-down roller coaster of a small market team. That that's what it has been for so many franchises for so long. You try to build up to get a small two, maybe two or three-year window, and then you got to tear it all down to the studs and start over again. And Stearns set out to prove that you didn't need to do that. And he succeeded because he built four straight playoff teams. And they probably could have made it in 2022 as well. If it wasn't for the ill-fated Josh Hader trade, which he admitted was miscalculation and, and probably part of him feeling burnt out maybe led to that. But he's built a consistent winner. And now you've got another team that's on the verge of clinching the NL Central that was still largely constructed by Stearns. And you've got the third best farm system in all of baseball. So he's done it. He has built a successful franchise a, a successful franchise model where you can stay consistently competitive year after year after year in a small market with limited financial resources. And that's why it's, it's the big step forward. And perhaps Matt, perhaps Matt Arnold can take them even further and take them to the world series. Hopefully that would be, that would be very nice if he could, but that's what I think Stearns has to be remembered most for taking this team from the up and down roller coaster with a lot of downs, a lot of downs in that roller coaster and giving them solid, consistent success. 
Yeah, and he's got a little bit of a legacy that gets to continue here now, too, because Matt Arnold learned under Stearns. He, you know, they were in this together, mm-hmm. and Arnold takes over. And don't get me wrong, you know, the decisions that happen moving forward are Arnold's, and, you know, it is his team. But like you said, like everything that's been built really up to this point has been of Stearns' doing. And there might be a little bit of a philosophy change going from him to Arnold, but that he laid Cerns laid the foundation for everything that's happened and part of what's going to happen kind of in the future, barring some drastic change in philosophy and direction. So, you know, he gets to see his legacy continue to a small extent, even from afar. So, you know, it's almost like he has his handprints on two teams now going forward, the Mets, as well as the Brewers a little bit. So, you know, should it come to be a couple of years down the road and the Brewers, you know, maybe, you know, end up finally reaching that ultimate goal, you know, I would hope that Stearns would, David Stearns would feel a little satisfied that he had a good part to do with that as well. And so, you know, he gets, he can take a lot of satisfaction out of, you know, at least in, in the short term, kind of what continues to work well for the Brewers. Yeah, I certainly think he can, um, take that look of it. And I, I think if the Brewers were to end up doing that, uh, winning the world series, he'd be very happy to see, uh, the Brewers pull this off and, and see, you know, Matt Arnold, even though Matt Arnold will get, you know, most of a bunch of the credit for it. Stearns deserves a lot of it as well, because yeah, his fingerprints are all over this team. And Arnold really is kind of Stearns' protege, even though Arnold's older uh, than Stearns, you know, still he, he was kind of the, he was his right-hand man for years. And, you know, I think we've noticed with Matt Arnold, he does some things a little bit differently. I, I think the larger overall philosophy is still kind of the same, but we've seen some tweaks to it um, that I think maybe have made it a little bit better, um, even though, I mean, things were fantastic under Stearns. Um, but some of the tweaks, I like what Arnold has done uh, so far this year. So hopefully we can see that continue uh, going forward. But yeah, it, it's definitely still Stearns laying the foundation um, and, and just kind of putting this team on the right path, which is something that they could not find for 48 years of existence before he arrived. So it's it, it's just phenomenal to to see for him. So David Stearns goes to New York um, as as we all kind of expected, and now I, I think the big concern for me is the subsequent brain drain that could end up happening because Stearns is going over there. And I mean, the, the Mets just fired a a bunch of their front office executives. Uh, They've got some open positions down there and Stearns is going to have the ability to hire whoever he wants for whatever positions over there. And odds are, he's going to take at least a couple of guys from the Brewers along with him. Uh, Because, you know, even even though Matt Arnold has uh, a lot of those guys are going to like Matt Arnold as well. Some of those guys are going to follow David Stearns to New York, and and that's my concern for the Brewers front office. Who leaves and goes with them? Yeah, I think the only one I've seen particularly right now that they said his job is safe, or at least his the expectation is he continues in that role is Billy Epler, correct? Yeah, Bill, Billy Epler is staying in his job as GM. Him and David Stearns know each other uh, pretty well. They're they're pretty good friends, um, but. Yeah, so he's staying. They fired, like, their farm director out there. They, they fired, like, a couple of scouts um, and, and other things. So, 
uh, yeah, they've got they've got a bunch of openings um, over there in in New York. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's one position I guess you don't have to worry about. I mean, luckily, not like our GM was likely going anywhere. Anyway. Yeah, Matt Arnold's not going anywhere. He's he's got the job he wants. But yeah, positions outside of that, um, I don't know. And you know, having those resources to work with, you know, would be hard to turn down. Being able to work with someone like Stearns, who you know has as solid a reputation as he does um, for running a front office, uh, you know, great workspace to be in as well. Um, I don't know, but at the same time, you know, with Stearns, it was getting to go, you know, not only to, you know, have those, you know, New York Mets resources, but getting to go back to your hometown. Mm -hmm. For those that that's not the case, I I do think there's still that, you know, that benefit of the Brewers being a team that's in a position of sustained success and, you know, they have a formula that works and that's hard to walk away from as well. So, excuse me. Um, anyone who's going to consider, you know, jumping ship or, you know, going from the Brewers to the Mets has to consider that. Um, they've shown for two seasons straight now that a buttload of money can't necessarily always buy you success. Um, maybe it can with Stearns running things. Uh, but the money doesn't, you know, always guarantee uh, you beating everyone else. So I don't know. Um, it'll be, I, I know the one name for a lot of fans that they're going to be thinking of. I know we're talking for an office, um, but for a lot of fans, it's going to be Craig Council. Is is Stearns going to be able to convince him to go? Um, I know Buck Showalter, you know, there's a little bit of talk about to what he wants to do next year. You know, would they even retain him? I don't know. Um, but that's that's going to be what's on most fans mind is is the Brewers manager going to be back for another season? Because we've talked about him a few different times about how his status is in limbo um, and that they're, they're not even going to talk contract until after the year. I don't know. I don't know if they'll lose him. I don't know if they'll lose a bunch of front office guys, but uh, it'll, although the roster should be in good shape from season to season, there's a lot behind the scenes that could change and, you know, could alter a little bit of what the Brewers direction ends up being in 2024, I guess. Uh, So the Mets fired their pro scouting director, their farm director, their performance director, and their baseball development director. So those are four openings. So some equivalents uh, with the Brewers that could jump over to those spots. Um, you got VP player development, Cam Castro. Um, you know, Charlie Green is a player development director. You mm. know, could could Charlie Green be taken over there? Because that would be a big loss for, for Brewers catchers. Um, farm director, Tom Flanagan. You know, he's done an excellent job leading the Brewers farm system. Would he go? Uh, you know, it's things like that and guys like that that, you know, even though they're not the lead decision makers, they are important people in the organization uh, to, to have around. So uh, that's something to, to be concerned about. And you raise a good point with council, too, because uh, there's been a lot of speculation and rumors about that. And I don't see council going to New York you know, if council leaves Milwaukee, I think it's just going to be to to leave managing in general, mm-hmm. not to to go be the manager of the New York Mets. 
uh, you know, he's got his kids in college and wanting to watch some play baseball. Uh, I think that's more of what it's going to be. And we've seen some more of these kind of uh, hints and rumors lately, too, from uh, Bob Nightingale. I know it's I know it's Bob Nightingale, yeah. John Heyman as well, and a couple of others where everyone's like, yeah, it's it's looking like council's not coming back next year. And then they're kind of making that determination that, that it seems like it's a foregone conclusion that council will not return. Uh, which is uh, interesting that, that we've already reached that point. And yeah, council's going to be the next one to, to really be worried about. And, and I think fans are going to be more worried about too, you know, as much as losing a guy like uh, potentially losing a guy like Tom Flanagan or Charlie green or cam Castro or whoever else in, in your front office and player development staff, you know, losing them council is the one who's going to grab the headlines uh, because of, of just how good how damn good of a manager he is mm-hmm. and it's not going to be the Mets that take him I think it's it's just going to be wanting to spend more time with his with his family and, and watching his kids play college baseball yeah yeah I I, I agree um he is he, he's not the big you know limelight type guy even when he was a player like we all know that he was yeah he was a role player he was you know he did and, some great things and this is his hometown team you know, Stern's yeah. leaving yeah. to go to his hometown and childhood team is one thing. Like, that makes sense. But Council already has that job, and it, and it's with the Brewers. Right. So I don't see him leaving that just to go to his non-childhood team in New York. Right, exactly. And, and we do know, you know, that Council is, you know, is involved in his, you know, kids' uh, baseball career, you know, I guess career you call it, high school, but still – um, like he, you know, he took the time off to be able to go, you know, see him uh, play those final games. Um, that, that was when Murph got to coach for a little bit. And did, did he get tossed that game? Do I remember correctly? I don't think so. Okay. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. But um, like, yeah, so I, I totally wouldn't doubt it, you know, or wouldn't be surprised if he wanted to take some time off to, you know, watch him go off and play. Or maybe not, you know, like this is all, this is also all just speculation that's being caused by the fact that he, you know, is in a lame duck status. He doesn't have that contract extension. It could be very well be that they just didn't get the extension done. They don't do extensions during the season, whether um, players or coaches in general, and they could just be waiting until the season's done, you know, to talk about it well, when they want to talk about it. Like it's well, councils. It, yeah. Council's the one that that's pushing this. I mean, the Brewers would, lo- they would sign him to an extension tomorrow morning if they could. <laughs> Uh, like they'd sign him right now, but, but council's one who's just kind of like, eh, I'm going to hold off until after the season. So he's the one leading this. Atanasio and, and Arnold would love to have him back. They're like, yeah, w- we'd love to have you stick True. around for however long you want. But mm-hmm. if, if he wants to, to jump out now, then he's going to jump out now. So we shall, we shall see. But speaking of contract extensions, we have to talk about this, Matt, and I know this is going to be your favorite subject. Oh, yes. I know where we're going. Uh, there is a player that is open to contract extension talks, and it is none other than William Contreras, who is under control for four more seasons after this one. He will not be a free agent uh, until after the 2027 season. So there's a lot of time, but William Contreras loves his new city of Milwaukee, loves being a brewer, and he's like, yeah. I'd love to have contract extension talks, but Matt, the Brewers haven't started any yet. What do you think? 
No, that I definitely think goes back to the, you know, they traditionally don't sign guys to extension. They don't do extension talks much with players during the season. Also, he is very, very early in his career, and I totally get the whole, like, he's pre-arbitration, and you have him under control for a long time, so there's not necessarily a need to dive into the extension talks early. Um, you've got him for super cheap, you know, for this year and next year yet, you know, that veteran minimum, not veteran minimum, league minimum. Um, but there has been more of a movement recently to sign guys in their pre-arbitration years to long-term contracts. And now I'm not saying that Contreras is on the same level of of these guys, but if you look at Ozzy Albies, Ronald Acuna, Spencer Strider, Julio Rodriguez, Corbin Carroll, these are all guys who signed contracts, very long contracts in their pre-arb years. Younger than Contreras as well, I totally get it. But also guys that are expected to, you know, play more in the field, whereas Contreras, you could possibly, being at a, you know, Contreras is still plenty young, don't get me wrong. Um, but being a catcher, I get the hesitance to sign a guy to an extension um, who, you know, eventually catchers wear down a little earlier than other guys. But Atlanta used him, you know, pretty primarily as a DH. The Brewers have an up-and-coming uh, catcher in Jefferson Caro, who looks like, you know, he is going to be the real deal at some point. You could also, you could sign Contreras to that long-term extension and with the, you know, eventual goal of shifting him into more of a designated hitter role, which is an area the Brewers have not figured out since the universal DH has been implemented. So I, and I've been, I have been on the extend William Contreras bandwagon since early this summer. I've, I've been leading that Look up the hashtags on Twitter. They're pretty much coming from one yours yep. truly. You are um, conducting the hype train. Yep, I am conducting that hype train, and I will continue till until I see that extension. I think there's a lot of reasons. While there's a lot of reasons why you wouldn't want to, I think there's a lot of reasons why it would make sense to do so. And you know, give yourself another core member of that team who looks the part. He has looked the part for two years now. Um, all-star caliber type player, get another guy locked down and you lock him down this early and you can get him at some really decent prices for a lot of years. Yeah, uh, you definitely can. I, I do I, I do like the the idea behind it and, and especially with him being pre-arbitration. Um, like like this would be a kind of a deal that's, that's backloaded. Similar to what we've exactly. seen with uh, Freddie Peralta and, and Aaron Ashby and, and yep. their contracts where you start off with the very small with, with, with pretty low amounts and, and gradually work your way up over the years, which is what we've seen with Ashby, what we've seen with Peralta. We could see them do that again uh, with Contreras if they wanted to go that route. Contreras may be slightly more expensive uh, than the five-year $15 million that Peralta got or the five-year $20 million that that Ashby got. Maybe a little bit more pricey than that, um, but you know the, there is precedent to this, and, and it's something that uh, certainly, with how well he's been playing, it would make a lot of sense to to lock him up for for a long period of time. But at the same time, I don't see the Brewers doing this quite yet. 
um, because it, you know they did get him intentionally for five years of, of control for pretty cheap because they've got some fairly expensive players on their roster right now. They got Christian Yelich for $26 million uh, for each of the next several years. Um, and they've got some arbitration guys that are getting a lot of money. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Willie Adamas. Uh, those guys are earning quite a bit. And those guys have one more year left mm-hmm. after this. I'm not sure if all three of them are going to be here, Woodruff, Burns, and Adamas. They might, they might not. They might trade one of them. But they're going to be even more expensive next year. And that's going to make it a pretty tight payroll picture for Milwaukee. So I think even just a, a slight bump for Contreras in the beginning of a contract extension is something that I don't envision them doing off the bat. But I, I think it's going to be something that's potentially after 2024 that we could see them work something like that because then he's going to be hitting arbitration. That's when he's going to be start actually getting more expensive. You still have some time. You still have three years of control at that point. But that way, you you can buy out some more free agent years. You have a little bit more of a, of a workload that you've seen from him. And you'll have some money freed up because odds are Burns, Woodruff, and Adamas are going to walk in free agency. Mm-hmm. Because I have not seen any traction on, on extension talks with any of them. So odds are those guys are going to walk with how much money they could potentially earn and what the Brewers have to offer. I don't see the Brewers signing all three of them. It's it's hard to see them signing one of them long-term at this point. So they walk that clears up a lot of money in the payroll that they could give to a William Contreras. So I think we might have to wait until then to see the Brewers initiate some extension talks with Contreras. Obviously I'm with you. I'd love to see them start them earlier, but but from the Brewers' perspective, I don't see them trying to initiate extension talks with Contreras until after the 2024 season. Yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree. The absolute earliest, realistically, I would see it happening would be this coming spring. And that would really only be if they ended up trading away at least one of that trio that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Because then you're out from under at least, you know, the arbitration amount that whichever player that is, is potentially going to end up making. Um, And then you freed up some payroll. And that's also pending none of whoever's remaining out of that three getting extensions themselves. So that would be the absolute earliest. I totally agree that I think it makes even more sense after next season where all three are gone that's a good chunk of money like combined that's off the payroll. Um, and the Brewers have a chance to see kind of between now and then, you know, is Contreras going to keep it up? Do they have, you know, someone in Caro who they can throw into the mix and, you know, kind of, you know, how does that roster look going forward? Where does Contreras fit long-term into the picture? Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I agree that an, a, another year is probably much more likely that they would address that if they end up talking extension at all. But really great to hear outside of all of that, that he wants to be here, that he enjoys playing for this team. He enjoys the fans. He would love to stay here long-term. That's, that's music to my ears. 
Yeah, and I think that's something that we've we've kind of noticed a lot too with a lot of players that come in. You know, they may not know much about Milwaukee, but pretty quickly they take to it and, and they love it here. Christian Yelich, you know, he didn't really know anything about Milwaukee when he first got here, and next thing you know, he's like, I want to stay here for the rest of my career. So, and, and some people may think that's a curse. Some may think it's a blessing, yeah. but you know, still you have an MVP caliber player, at least at the time that chose to, that he wanted to stay in Milwaukee. Uh, and now you got William Contreras who, you know, if he keeps playing like this, he could end up being a, an MVP caliber player as well uh, going forward. So he wants to stay. He loves it uh, in Milwaukee. Milwaukee loves having him because uh, he is their, <laughs> He is the best and most consistent hitter this team has mm-hmm. right now. Um, that, uh, that's just a straight-up fact. And, yeah, it, it's it's great to see that, that he wants extension talks, and it's going to be frustrating when it's when you know that extension talks are not going to be happening. Because Willie Adamas said the same thing. Willie Adamas is like, I want to stay here. I, I want to sign an extension. And the Brewers are kind of like, eh, no. So, and now, I mean, after the season he said this year, a lot of people are – probably breathing a sigh of relief that they yeah. haven't extended uh, Willie Adamas yet. So, uh, you know, that, that's kind of where signing these early extensions can be a blessing and a curse if the player doesn't uh, turn out as, as expected. Right. And I think with Contreras though, that, you know, he, he's shown, he showed what he showed last year. He's shown what he's shown this year. I, I would think that I would feel more confident that, you know, a William Contreras extension would backfire less than a Willie Adamas one would have this last offseason because there was still a little bit of that, you know, his year last year wasn't perfect. Adamas's wasn't. Yes, he set the, uh, you know, the home run uh, record by a shortstop in Brewers franchise history, um, but he definitely, you know, saw some other stats regress from when he came over to the Brewers in 2021. Um, so there were signs this offseason as to why a uh, extension might not be in the Brewers' best interest. I just don't get that sense with Contreras at all. Like, I, he, he has looked so solid offensively now for both the Braves and the Brewers that I, if the Brewers gave him an extension, like, obviously, it's not like there's never a chance that it can go wrong, um, but... I would feel I would feel more confident in that going to him than I would have with Adamas last offseason. Yeah, absolutely. There, there really don't seem to be as many red flags uh, with with Contreras in in his game. So that's um, definitely one thing going in in his favor. So we'll see what happens on that front uh, with, with William Contreras as as time goes on. Meanwhile, Josh Donaldson is a Brewer. Yeah, we got to get to this because uh, this certainly uh, made made some waves, too. The Brewers signed Josh Johnson to a minor league deal just before uh, September 1st. So on on August 31st, just for the deadline to get players in the organization uh, to be playoff eligible. The Brewers signed Donaldson. They called him up about a week and a half later. And uh, he's uh, made some starts in uh, in lieu of Brian Anderson, who has been uh, ghosted. Literally, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a ghost. I'm not sure he still exists. I haven't seen him in weeks. Uh, but 
Josh Donaldson is here. He had a massive home run the other day that nearly hit Bernie's slide. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Matt, there were a lot of reservations uh, from people about Josh Donaldson, you know, hearing bad reports about him in the clubhouse and and things like that. But uh, the Brewers don't seem to have any concerns about it. He's a baseball rat, uh, as they've said. And, you know, he's just kind of coming in. It's, it's late in the year's last month. He's having an awful season. He's just trying to trying to fit in and, and do what he can to, to help the team and, and get into the playoffs and, and win a ring. Because I, I think that's, at this point, that's all he's really kind of concerned about. He's not going to be going in there trying to make this, you know, all about me. He knows kind of the, the situation that he's in. He got released. He got picked up. He was in the minors. He ain't the hot shot that he used to be. Uh, and he's just kind of kind of trying to tag along and, and not cause too much trouble. So I'm not really concerned about it. And he's just kind of doing what, uh, doing what he does at this point. Yeah. And I never know how much stock to put in these whole, you know, clubhouse concerns. Um, we've, we heard the same thing about Jesse Winker and by all rights, he seems to have been fantastic in the clubhouse. We, you know, um, trying to think of who else was one of the other guys recently. Um, uh, I can't, I can't. Not Either sure. way, there was no issue. Yeah, there was no yeah. issue. And Josh Donaldson, again, like, I guess, I don't know. I I haven't gone back and read, you know, this stuff about it, but certainly the rumors were out there. All I know is he's come in and gone four for 13 with a double, a homer, a couple of runs batted in, four walks. Um, mm. He's getting on base, you know, in his few games, four games that he's played Almost 50% of the time, I'll take that. The Brewers needed yep. someone, even with his, you know, with his weird offensive. He had one of the weirder stat lines for a season, injuries all considered, that I've seen from anyone um, with, you know, his mid-100s average, but also at 700-some OPS because the basically all the hits he was getting were homers. Like he had double digit homers in what 30 some odd games. Like just, yeah. just ten of his fifteen hits were homers. Yeah. Just two out of every three hits, home runs. Super weird. Um yeah. three true outcomes to the max. For sure. Um but he had a rough season last year. He had a you know rough season the parts that he did get to play this year with the Yankees. And sometimes a change of scenery is all a player needs. And sometimes being healthy is all a player needs. So add that to it too. Um, but sometimes just getting somewhere else, especially with New York, you know, some players, and I'm, I don't know if that was necessarily the case with him. Some players, it just doesn't work going to the big bright lights of New York city and injuries certainly played a factor with him. Um, but less so last year. And he still had a poor stat line, last season after many, many, many successful seasons in Oakland. Um, Maybe that just wasn't his place. And, you know, Milwaukee is. But all I know is he's come in, he's done his job, he's done it well, and could end up being a part of the reason the Brewers end end up able to secure a division title. And if he ends up being that guy who looks like he was on his last legs in New York and ends up making a playoff roster in Milwaukee. Like that's an awesome story. We love those kinds of stories here. Like we love those kinds of guys. So like, I, I hope he keeps it up, not just for, you know, selfish reasons, because I want to see the Brewers win, but like, that's just such a cool story. And um, just 
it's it's so funny to see like over the course of the a marathon of an MLD season like how many different guys come and go and make impacts on a team as large or small as they may end up being and so add him to the list I guess of this wacky wild 2023 season yeah I mean we uh, we just had an article go up on the site uh, the other day here about six players that you probably forgot uh, were Brewers this year um, and there have been so many there are honestly even more than than were on that list that that probably could have been included so it's a uh, it's a lot of players it takes a lot of players to get through a, a major league season and yeah, now Josh Donaldson's a, a brewer, and that is going to be something to remember for Immaculate Grid uh, going <laughs> forward, because that, that is going to be something that, that I pull out uh, of, of my pocket every single time uh, that I can. So it's I mean, it, it's it's just kind of a fun little tip. It's like Josh Donaldson, like like we were we were going to be so excited about this if it were 2015, Josh Donaldson joining the Brewers, but. Uh, you know, even even though he's he's 37, 38, something like that, he's past his prime. You know, you're just trying to get that that little bit left out of him. It's like the scene in in Moneyball, where Billy Bean's talking to David Justice. He's like, "Look, the Yankees are paying half your salary in order in order for you to not play for them, but against them. Like that's what they think of you. I'm just trying to get the last little bit of baseball you have left in you. You want to stay in the show. You want your chance at a ring." Like, just come in here, do your job, be a leader. Like, that's all I need you to do. And that's pretty much what Josh Donaldson is is here for. Veteran experience, some leadership, hopefully, and hitting a whole lot of dingers. Yeah. That's, that's all you need from Josh Donaldson. Yeah, and the Brewers have been offensively challenged at times this season. So That's a good way he, to put it. Yeah, right. <laughs> so if he can come in and provide any sense of production like the brewers a lot of times have just needed that little bit extra to win certain games it's why they play in so many one run games because they just needed that little bit extra to get them over the top and he can it looks like he can come in and do that no matter what age he is like if you can play you can play and the brewers certainly will take it brian anderson for quite some time before he turned into a ghost wasn't putting up a whole lot of numbers on offense. Um, Andrew Manisterio, for the most part, has, but Bryce Terang has been a little streaky. So now you're allowed to, you know, give Terang some time off, shift Monasterio over, give Monasterio a day off every once in a while because he played a ton of games in a row for a while there at third because the Brewers had no choice but to play him, essentially. Um, it, it allows a little bit more flexibility. It allows a chance at some bigger offensive production. Um, it, so far, it's been all positives with Donaldson coming over. And for Immaculate Grid, I'm going to have to use him as my Brewers A's, maybe instead of Asturi Ruiz at this point, because I've been using Billy McKinney for my Brewers Yankees. So, so oh, I'll, okay. I'll be able to fit him in. I've there. been using Eric Kratz for that. Oh, really? Could use Grandy yeah. as well. There's a lot of Brewers Yankees crossover actually. Yeah. Yeah. No. And uh, another one for Immaculate Grid. Uh, if they ever have Brewers and 200 plus strikeout season for a pitcher, ah. put Freddie Peralta on there as well. Yes, sir. Uh, he just hit 200 strikeouts uh, the other day in in his most recent start. And uh, you know, congratulations to Freddie. And uh, this is the fourth time that this has happened in the last. Uh, 
three years now uh, with, with this trio of Burns, Woodruff, and, and Peralta. Uh, Peralta now reaching it. Woodruff has done it once. Uh, Burns has done it twice. And he's closing in on three times uh, in the last three years. Uh, but there have been 13 instances now of a Brewers pitcher throwing 200 strikeouts in a season, uh, thrown by eight different Brewers pitchers. Matt, okay, b- before I ask you this, did you read the article? I just like, pulled it up. So if you're going to quiz me, the, you already looked. Unfortunately, yep. Oh, we're we're already it, past that. I didn't know it was oh. coming. Um, Sorry. Yeah, I just kind of threw this on you here. But, but yeah, so eight different Brewers pitchers. I was going to ask you if you could name all of them, but since you have it up, um, it's a wasted exercise now. now I, will look say, at it. I, I will say that there are probably two that I would not have guessed. Yeah, Doug Davis is one of them. I know that, that was definitely back. one of them. And I yeah. don't know that I would have guessed Granky, actually. Yeah, I, I don't he know was that only I here for one full season. Yeah, and he also only barely caught it. He had 200. Right. I knew yeah. Gallardo had no, a Doug Davis, is, Doug Davis is the one that caught me the most by surprise. I'm like, really? Doug Davis? Yeah. Like, sure. you know, if that ever pops up in Immaculate Grid now, Brewers and 200-plus strikeout seasons, I'm putting down Doug Davis, and that is going to be like the smallest of, of small percentages. That's going to be 0.01% that guessed Doug frickin' Davis. Yeah, right. 200 strikeouts in a season. What? Um, yeah, but I knew Gallardo was a strikeout machine. I've, I've written about him a couple times in the past. Generally, Ben Sheets and Teddy Higuera are my Brewers pitcher answers to just about anything anyway. So yeah. those two, I knew Burns. Um, yep. Brandon Burns Woodruff might have taken me a second to to realize. Um, but, yeah, having done that a couple of years ago. And, yeah, so, so I'm sorry I ruined Ruined your game. Ruined the fun. Damn it. <laughs> we need. To, we clearly so, need to do do prep a little bit better between each yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just kind of thought of it as as we were going through it because like, oh yeah, the the Freddie Peralta thing. And I'm like, because I thought about the immaculate grid. I'm like, wait a minute, I remember that thing about Doug Davis and uh yeah. Oh well, threw it up too late. It was too late. Oh well. Uh, but anyways, uh, so yeah, Freddie Peralta having an excellent season. Uh, he's got an ERA of like 2.01 over his last nine starts, which is mm-hmm. phenomenal. And uh, he's turning into uh, turning into that co-ace that uh, everyone was was hoping for. And Burns eight no hit innings against the Yankees. We we haven't even talked about this yet. The combined yeah. no hitter that should have been that almost was but wasn't. Corbin Burns eight no hit innings. Devin Williams a no hit ninth. Abner Uribe, a no-hit 10. 10 no-hit innings against the Yankees. The Brewers couldn't score a run. They just needed a run. They would have had a no-hitter. They would have had history. Just one in 10 innings. And they couldn't do it. And then they finally, finally get a run in the 11th. It's like, okay, now we just need another no-hit 11th inning, and we can have the first 11-inning no-hitter in MLB history. It's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. Didn't happen. Pioms gives up a run and uh, on, a, on a base hit, no hitter gone. Also, it's a tie game again. And then the Brewers have to go into another extra inning, and then they score some runs, and they give up more runs because uh, they brought in Andrew Chafin for some reason. I, I don't know why. Andrew Chafin has not been good at all, and he immediately gives up a home run to Giancarlo Stanton, and next thing you know, it's tied again. 
and the Brewers end up losing that game. They had a no-hitter through 10, Matt, and they lost. Yeah, they sure did. Um, God. And I, I, I mercifully, I guess, will say that I didn't actually end up getting to watch that game, um, which I was sad about the more and more I saw um, highlights from it or notifications coming through the phone and then less sad uh, once it ended the way it did. But, like, you had already burned through Devin, uh, Uribe, and Piams, but you bring Chafin in over Milner? Like, I, I I don't know. In a game that was that important, a game that you had the lead in, you already were playing, because Milner ended up coming in after Chafin, so clearly he was okay to use. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't have gone in that direction. Um, let me pull up. I think they didn't want quick. to use them. The, the previous game. Um, I think they were trying pitched. to avoid Milner. What's that? I think they were trying to avoid Milner um, and, and yeah, go I mean, with. But it yeah. ended up not being possible. And once they had to go with that extra inning, it's like, okay, well, we've got no choice now. Yeah, that could be. Pagaro had uh, thrown 21 pitches the day before, so maybe they didn't want to use him either. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. But, yep, they end up going to Chapin, who has, you know, pretty much been your worst performing bullpen pitcher for a little while now. And, yeah, that was a frustrating one. <laughs> At the same time, I saw, you know, a lot of, like, oh, the most – devastating Brewers loss of the season. It's like, okay, well, they've had a lot of most devastating losses of the season. It's like, yeah. like it happens. And again, another reason why I hope that Craig Council doesn't leave um, is because he is so good at getting that team to just shake it off. When, the, when things like that happen, just it, it, just move on to the next game, short memory, just like they tell NFL cornerbacks, just like I'm, they're going to have to tell Justin Jefferson, who just fumbled out the side of the end zone two seconds ago as I've got the football game on. Um, short memory, move on to the next. And the Brewers, they certainly moved on to the next game and ended up, I don't know where my score ended up going to. I'm trying to remember the score of that game. Oh, yeah, 12 nuts they end up beating the Marlins. So clearly they were able to forget about it and move on. Um, that's the sign of a good team. That's the sign of a good manager. And it would have been really cool to see history, but the Brewers still have a job to do. And they went out and did it. And they continue to yeah. do it. And Corbin Burns is probably sitting there watching Brandon Woodruff get his 12 runs of support and be like, really, guys? Really? 12 runs for Woodruff? I didn't I didn't even need 12. I just need a one. <laughs> Just one freaking run, and I could have had a no-hitter. He probably could have gone gone back out for the ninth inning. Council might have even let him do it if they had a run, but they didn't. So he's like, okay, well, there's no point going with him for this because we need to go to 10 innings anyways. So all I needed was just one guy. He's like, come on, we couldn't do that. But, yeah, but Brandon Woodruff gets 12, and then he ends up going with the complete game, which is huge because the Brewers needed that. Their bullpen needed a rest because yes. they had all those extra innings, used a bunch of guys on Sunday. They had to use a bunch of guys on Saturday, too, because Wade Miley had a had a pretty short outing. Mm-hmm. So they had to they had to get their bullpen a rest. They're in the middle of 17 games in 17 days, uh, you know, here in September. So 
getting the bullpen a complete day of rest uh, was huge. Uh, incredible job by Brandon Woodruff, uh, just shutting down uh, the Miami Marlins and, and giving the Brewers exactly what they needed. It was great to see Woodruff go back out there for the ninth. Uh, the the stadium was playing "There Goes My Hero" uh, <laughs> by, by Foo Fighters, um, so that was that was certainly uh, very fun. But yeah, Woodruff going out there, getting that that CG and. Uh, doing what needed to be done. And, and that's what makes this team so dangerous heading into October. Woodruff pitching at his best. He's able to go kind of all out. I mean, he missed four months. He's pretty fresh. Like, like it wasn't like a, a huge, like rehabbing injury. It was just kind of like time. So he feels healthy and, and fresh and just kind of took him a while to build back up. Uh, so he's good to go for October. I mean, Peralta is pitching exceptionally well here in the second half. Corbin Burns obviously just had, Several, he just had eight no-hit innings. He's looking good. Like, with, with a rotation like that, especially if the Brewers are, and the Brewers are likely to be the number three seed, uh, if they if they clinch to the division, they're not going to be competing for the top two seeds and getting a bye. So they're going to be facing that last wild card team in the first round of the playoffs, which is a best of three, I believe. So you've got three games. Burns, Woodruff, Peralta. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> it, it it's exactly where the Brewers want to be. You know, they you shorten those rotations when you get into the uh, postseason, and when you shorten rotations, the Brewers' starting rotation is as good, if not better, than every other team in the league. And so then, at that point, it's just a matter of the offense being able to put up enough runs to bring the Brewers to the next round. And in 2021, unfortunately, they couldn't do that against the Braves. So you've got another chance this season with that rotation and also a pretty dang formidable back end of the bullpen with, you know, your main five guys, Devin, Piamps, Pagaro, Milner, and Uribe, like, that's a group. And then the throw just randomly like McGill throwing a hundred miles an hour into yeah. that mix as well. You know, and, uh, Bryce Wilson, who's had a very, very good season ERA, you know, at, at sitting about two and a half. When we get after the season and we talk unsung heroes of this team, Bryce Wilson has got to be up there because he has been yeah. incredibly solid for basically one of the more consistent pitchers really um, all season long outside of, you know, maybe Devin Williams and Piomps. Um, it, it's a team pitching-wise that no other team is going to want to see in the playoffs. The offense is just going to have to hold up their end of the bargain, and we'll see yep. if they can do it better this year than in 2021 because by the numbers, 2021's offense was, for the most part, better, and they still stumbled once it came playoff time. So Yeah, but and, and here's the thing, too, about that 2021 team, because, you know, as we've talked about with the magic number, um, and we'll kind of be, like, wrapping wrapping up with this, but, you know, with the magic number um, and the closeness of the division race, it's, it's four and a half games. Back in 2021, the Brewers had a massive lead in the division. Mm-hmm. Massive. Like, like they True. were running away with it, and, and and that division was wrapped up pretty quickly. Uh, but, you know, then they just kind of like coasted, like like they hit mid-September and they're like, we've got this division in the bag. Who really cares? And it, they they went on a losing streak in, in September and it took them a while to clinch. It's like, come on, guys, we're, we're right there. We're almost at the finish line. 
Like, let's just get this over with. And they finally clinched, but they limped into October, essentially, because they they got out. They, they got done so early. They got this thing wrapped up and they're just like, OK, well, we can we can coast for a bit and then try to turn it back on for October. But they weren't able to turn it back on. And when they were fighting for their playoff lives in 2018, you know, all the way down to the end, that's when they made it the furthest in October, when, when they had the least amount of time to be comfortable uh, with, with their position. So I think the fact that it's closer, I, I think, is more beneficial to this team and I think could help this offense stay hot heading into October because they know they have to be hot. Uh, over these final two weeks or so in order to wrap up this division and hold off the Cubs. So I I think this is going to be better for them to have a close division race. Yeah, totally agree. And you know, even if it weren't close, even if the Brewers start to pull away a little bit, you know, towards the end of the month, um, I think there's, you know, a lesson that was learned in 2021 that, you know, you keep the foot on the pedal a little bit. You keep the team in that mindset of, you know, just always playing your best. Don't coast once you get in because, yeah, it seemed to affect them going in. They ended up losing you know, a good chunk of those final games. They could have that year. They could have set the franchise record for wins in a season. And I think we all felt like they were going to. And then it didn't end up happening. They ended up, I, I think, tying the record, if I remember correctly. Um, so you're right. They they kind of just have to this year. Um, but even if even if the Cubs just you know fall off a cliff and you know everything gets locked up, nope, foot on the gas. Just just keep going, all gas, no brakes, and you know be in that good mindset and good. Um, have that good momentum going because there is also something to be said about momentum going into any series and you have that going into the playoffs. Look what happens to, you know, certain teams. And we always point back to the 2019 nationals. Look what can happen to certain teams when they have momentum at the right time, do that as the brewers. And you've got a much better chance of success, you know, in whoever you face in the first round. Yeah, I mean, in all likelihood, this is going to come down to the final week of the regular season. Because as things stand right now, the earliest the Brewers could possibly clinch the division is September 21st. That is the earliest they could possibly do it. That is if the Brewers win each of their next uh, seven games and the Cubs lose uh, their next six. The Cubs have an off day on Monday coming up. Um, so the, the earliest they could clinch is next Thursday, the 21st. And if the Cubs win a couple of games, if the Cubs win just like two or three, and the Brewers lose one or two within those next couple of games, which is all very possible, you're not going to see that division clinched until that final homestand uh, when you start off against St. Louis and then you face the Cubs. And so, I mean, there's, there's a decent chance that you could clinch against St. Louis there's a decent chance it may have to come down to playing the Cubs in the in the final weekend and final weekend of the regular season. So, in all likelihood, this is going to come down to the end. It's going to come down to that final week. You know, they're they're probably going to have a at least a couple of days where it's like, okay, we've got the division wrapped up, but it's it's going to come down to that final week. In, in all likelihood, the earliest it could possibly be is is the Thursday before the final week. Uh, but the odds of the Cubs losing every single game. Uh, the rest of the way, and the Brewers winning every single game 
uh, over the next week are pretty low, I would think. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I would definitely agree. So, yeah, the biggest likelihood is maybe at some point during that home Cardinals series is when the Brewers clinch it, if all things go, you know, the way they've kind of averaged out, let's just say, up yeah. until this point. Um, and, and that would be great because then you go into that final Cubs series and you still want to, I, I think there's, you still end up then having some incentive to, you know, win the series or, you know, beat the Cubs as many times as possible. Cause if you could knock them farther down into a lower wild card spot, then you can you knock know, them out. Ex- could technically, yeah, could technically. Yeah, could, because e- even if the division is wrapped up at that point, the mm-hmm. Cubs are going to be fighting for a wild card spot because That's they are true. right in the thick of it. The, the Cubs are currently yeah. in the second wild card spot. Um, it, it is a very tight wild card race in the National League. Oh my goodness! Yes. So you got the Phillies in the first wild card spot. They're they're four games up. Uh, then the Cubs two and a half games up. Uh, but then you got San Francisco, Arizona, and Cincinnati. All tied for that third wild card spot right now, and Miami is a half game back. Mm-hmm. So you got four teams competing for one spot there at the end of that wild card. And the Cubs maybe could be moving down. Maybe San Francisco moves up. Maybe Arizona moves up. The Cubs are playing Arizona this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so that that's what the Cubs have coming up. If Arizona beats them, Arizona's going to be moving into that wild card spot, and the Cubs are going to be moving out. So there's the Cubs are still going to be fighting for their playoff lives. Uh, when it comes down to that final series. So it's it, it's going to be a dogfight no matter what. Um, the, the Cubs are going to be giving it all they have. And if they get that final wild card spot, who are the Brewers going to be playing in that first postseason series? The Cubs. Mm-hmm. So the Brewers will have every incentive to be like, hey, we need to keep our foot on the gas and put our foot on the throat of, of the Cubs and just knock them out completely. Yep. And that way you don't have to deal with them. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, you know, I keep thinking in my head that the Brewer, the Cubs are a little bit more secure, but you're right. They're, they're two and a half games uh, up in that second That can spot. easily change. Over, yes, very easily. much. Like you said, three teams behind them, all, all two and a half games back of them. All it takes is one of those teams getting hot towards the end. And to your point, the Diamondbacks can very much control their own destiny in that sense with that series that's coming up. Um, and they had just did recently did very well against the Cubs. So um, yeah, there's a lot to happen in the end yeah. for when we get to next week's podcast, like this whole landscape could be totally changed. It's yeah. the and, end of the season and, is going to be Arizona won three or four against Chicago in yep. Chicago. This series yep. is now going to be in Arizona. Yep. Uh, so that's going to be going to be the big change, but uh, so that's that's what the Cubs have. And then they have a couple of non-contending teams and the Pirates and the Rockies. Uh, and then they face the Atlanta Braves. And the Atlanta Braves have already clinched their division. They don't really have much to play for, and they could just be coasting at that point. Uh, but they're still the Braves, and they're still a really good team. So they, yeah. they could still end up doing some damage. Yep, definitely. Um, oh, This is September baseball, man. At this time of year, but just in general, yeah. is freaking great like september baseball nfl's on college football's on um oh it's just the there's bonfires and like falls changing colors of of leaves on the trees i'm getting i'm getting goosebumps not just because it's cold 
it just because huh. it, it, what a yeah, great it's gonna be getting cold first. soon too that's uh that's uh, the big issue but uh yeah so it's gonna be fun and we'll have it all covered for you at reviewingthebrew.com all of your magic number updates uh everything getting you ready for for the playoffs for for the postseason chase uh, it's gonna be a whole lot of fun um and uh We'll, uh, we'll keep you covered. Everything at reviewingthebrew.com. Uh, that'll do it for us. For Matt Carroll, I'm Dave Gasper. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Cold Brew Podcast.